to the MetaZen cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Episode 58, Lack of Control Teaches Surrender. What's up, Moonbeams? Happy Friday and welcome to episode 58, Lack of Control Teaches Surrender. In this episode, we will talk about the power of surrendering and how a lack of control can expose our weaknesses and our sensitivities in life and how those situations can make us stronger and show us the power of letting go. If you are new to the podcast, what's up? Happy Friday, salutations, and thank you for being here. I do hope you enjoy the show. And if you're coming back for another episode, what's up, cuz? <laughs> Today is Friday, and I hope you got paid. I hope you got paid yesterday, too. I hope you are continuing to get your steps, lose that weight, buy new clothes, and feel better about yourself all the time. In the first segment of this episode, we will talk about identifying your control points. In the second segment, we will talk about recognizing your fear and focusing on your own personal influence. In the third segment, we will talk about rumination or resolution. My intention for this episode is to hopefully inspire you, motivate you, and show you that if there are places, situations, or things in your life that you cling to or hold on too tightly to, then that may be a sign that you may need to let go because in holding on to things so tightly, it can only cause suffering in the long run. So hopefully we can learn together, grow together, and get about the business of understanding this message. I feel like this particular message is something that most people can go their whole lives and still not quite understand. So hopefully we can make some strides. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode in three, two, and one. C. Joy Bell C. said, We can't be afraid of change. You may feel very secure in the pond that you are in, but if you never venture out of it, you will never know that there is such a thing as an ocean, a sea. Holding on to something that is good for you now may be the very reason why you don't have something better. As Tony Robbins has said before, as humans... We spend a lot of time chasing certainty. We'll chew up all of our time if we need to to chase certainty. And our existence is built on, you know, the dynamics of pain and pleasure and doing everything that we can to avoid pain and trying to maintain and sustain pleasure for as long as we can. 
The interesting thing about life is in order to grow and develop most times, you have to undergo changes and go through some pain to experience pleasure on the other side. And one of those ways to do that is by learning to let go and surrender. A lot of people confuse letting go with giving up. And giving up and letting go just aren't the same thing. Giving up is just giving up the fight, throwing in the towel. Surrendering is learning that it can, that this situation can still have the same outcome in the end. It's just the how is probably changing. You know, the details of the story is probably changing, but you know, the end will still be what you want it to be. It's just not going to look the way you want it to look. Growing up, I grew up around parents that definitely had a bit of a struggle or challenge when it came to change and adapting and different things like that. You know, I see us in situations where, you know, the repo man might want to come and get a table or come back and get something or something. I can see my mom come up with all types of different excuses in different ways to resist reality and to resist the thing that's about to happen and just use and expend so much energy in trying to fight something that you're absolutely powerless against, something that you can't control, something that you can't do anything about. And, you know, I just saw so many times over that it never really died occurred to her that there can be a peace and an ease on the other side of possibly not having this thing. You wreck your mind, you go through all types of different changes to keep this thing, to hold on to this stuff. And you lose so much of yourself when someone risks taking this from you or threatens to take this stuff from you. In order to get better at surrendering in life when it's time to, you have to get better at surrendering. You have to actually go through situations that require your surrender. You know, you have to get in that place of being able to let go and let the moment pass. As Les Brown says, moments don't come to stay, they come to pass. They come to show you something, to reflect something, to show you something you need to learn, to show you something that you may be missing or that you're not aware of. Growing up, I was a kid that cared so much, so, so much about people liking me because I felt like I went through a lot of times to feel like people didn't like me. And because people didn't like me, I didn't like myself because I didn't feel like I was worth liking. And I would betray and exploit myself in so many different ways for the approval of people, for the company of people, for the love of people and because of that it put me in a situation where I attracted all types of people and friendships and relationships that were not good for me and you know life would go life would try to take some of those situations or friendships and relationships away and I would fight vigorously because I didn't want to give them up because I didn't want to have nothing I'd rather have back then i Felt like I'd rather have trash or rather have something that's lacking quality than to have nothing or no one at all. But it took me letting go. 
It took me experiencing some hard losses. It took me experiencing some major losses to open me up to the point that, you know, after the losses have taken place, you know, when I've had time to just kind of reel from what happened and heal from what happened, I saw that this was a better route. The way God saw fit was better the whole time and that it actually aligned and didn't take me off my path with what I wanted to do or with how I wanted to feel or with whatever my goals are. Steve Mariboli said, the truth is, unless you let go, unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you realize that the situation's over, you cannot move forward. So many of us, we come into situations where we lose, lose homes, we lose cars, we lose jobs, and, you know, we lose friendships, relationships, marriages, and we get stuck in a rut, and we dwell in the past, we become depressed, and this whole thing, and we're not able to experience what may be taking place and what may be growing before our very eyes because we are distracted with the past and not living in the present, or we are distracted with the future and not living in the present. It really takes us getting to a place where we can forgive ourselves, where we can honor what was and appreciate what's happening and forgive ourselves for probably being bratty or for not accepting, you know, what God allows. Because when we put ourselves in a place where we try to block off or fight what God is trying to create or what God is trying to do in our life, we make life harder for ourselves and the lessons take longer to transpire or longer to lead. I feel like with any given situation, you know, God always does us the courtesy of sending signs our way, sending symbols and icons, if you will, to let us know something we need to be aware of or to let us know I'm going to be taking this back soon. I'm going to be removing this from you soon. We're going to be getting rid of that soon. So, you know, start to make your peace. Start to get okay with that. Start to get your house in order with living without this thing, with being without this car, with being without this person or whatever like that. And then those we don't pay attention to the whispers, they turn into screams. And then the screams turn into tornadoes or, you know, and it just turns out, you know, you're in the eye of the storm, like Oprah says. And it's a mess. And now you can't escape it. And now, you know, you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're wanting the storm to end. But all you need to do is just let go of your grip on that thing that's causing all this catastrophic damage. So many of us, we spend so much time clinging to routines. We cling to relationships. We cling to worry. We cling to future goals or, you know, our understanding of how life works. And we feel like that gives us some semblance of control. It gives us some false sense of security. You know, we cling too tightly to these things. They don't bring more suffering because we're not willing to be flexible. We're not willing to be malleable to God's will and God's plan for our life and the better thing that's on its way in because we feel like we know better and then we block our blessings. So it's important to take the time to consider all the things that you spend all your time worrying about, all the things you spend your time stressing about. What keeps you up at night about holding what you're trying to hold on to? What external things are you giving yourself worth to? Why?
Deborah Reber said, letting go doesn't mean that you don't care about someone anymore. It's just realizing that the only person you really have control over is yourself. One of the most difficult lessons, one of the most difficult things that I had to personally accept in my life is that I would be a person who wouldn't really have parents in your more traditional sense. I feel like I've had a woman that gave birth to me, which I'm eternally grateful for. And then I feel like I had, you know, my parents who provided for me and took care of me financially all the way until I became, you know, an adult or, you know, at least old enough to do it for myself. But in terms of having those parents that showed that unconditional love or those parents that, you know, come with wisdom and clarity about life situations and guide you through life situations, there hasn't been much of any of that. And I used to spend so much time blaming them, but it took me getting to a place, I heard it on Young Events and Speaks My Life, of understanding that your parents are people. When you get in a place of understanding that your parents are people, then you can get into a place of moving with compassion, you know, and understand, taking that time to understand that my parents are people and they're not going to be what society says parents should be, that they're just regular people. That started to shift a lot of resentment. It still does. It's not something that happened all in one day. Just every day, I feel like it gets a little bit easier because it allows me not to have any biases towards anyone. It shows me that no matter who it is, you know what I mean? Recognize that a person is a person. You know, if you wouldn't hang out with this person, if you weren't related, then you know what you need to know. You don't need to let biases cloud your thinking. And in moving and thinking in that kind of way, I was able to focus on my own influence in turn, instead of trying to make them into what I wanted them to be in terms of trying, instead of trying to guilt trip them into being what I need them to be into, in terms of wanting to try and, well, trying to control them the same way that they tried to do me all those years. But I just had to realize I can't control what they do, who they become, or how they behave with me. But what I can do is control my behavior and I can control my response. And maybe that means removing myself and making myself a lot less available and just letting go. Now, you know, I feel like I've been an anomaly in a way because I don't know many people that has a similar situation with their family or with their parents. But at the same time, I know that life has been sending whispers, screams, and storms for a long time for me to get the point and to let go of that. And it seems like when I finally started trusting that this is what I needed to do and I let go, it took a while. But when the dust settled, there was a peace-like thing, a peace that was impenetrable, like sleep, like living in the city all your life, going out to the country and not being able to hear a single freaking peep. You know, you just hear trees rustling, but peace 
And I just realized that all I needed was peace. I felt like maybe I needed this kind of love or I needed this kind of attention or whatever like that. But what I really needed was peace. I needed peace to hear my own thoughts. I needed peace to start to forgive, to put the pieces together. I feel like so many of us, we come into situations or we develop false or limiting understandings about people or the relationships that we have or about the way life works. And I've gotten to this place where I try to maintain the objectivity of thinking, if this is productive and I am thinking this way is productive for me, then I will maintain thinking this way. But if it's going to make me jaded, if it's going to make me hate people, if it's going to make me resentful, mean or ugly, I don't want to hold on to it. And to see my parents as people, it allows me to be compassionate for what they've gone through. You know, the things that I don't know about, the things that I do know about. It allows me to be compassionate for the mistakes they made. It allowed me to understand that, you know, even with my own biological mother, you know, seeing her as a person allowed me to have the kind of compassion to understand just because someone gives birth to you, it doesn't mean that they're obligated to love you. Just because someone gives birth to you, it doesn't mean they're obligated to take care of you. That they don't have to, that they're obligated to do anything. And as humans, so many of us who grew up for a long time having this understanding that just because someone gives birth to you, that they're required to do this, do that, be this, be that. But I'm being able to let all of that go, it allows me to shift a lot of weight and push a lot of stuff out the door. Shannon L. Alder said, forget what hurt you, but never forget what it taught you. And to me, that means, you know, don't worry about how it happened or exactly what it went down, trying to keep up or manage the details. Just remember what it taught you. What did it call forth in you? What did it teach you about yourself? Did it give you thicker skin? Did it show you that you have better instincts and realize? What did it show you? Because that's more important. That's the wisdom and clarity that you can actually use. Because spending all that energy, all of that memory space, trying to hold on to, hold on to events and how things happen and how they cursed you out and how they made you feel like crap, that does nothing for you. It puts you in a place of waiting for an apology or hopefully waiting for someday for you to get your justice and they're going to come correct and all that. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm 32, you can't wait for that shit no more, baby. We got to keep it moving. We got to keep it light and we have to keep it leaning. When you, when you try to control things, you end up suffering. But when you put yourself in a place where you can find the faith, where you can find the ingenuity, where you can trust the process, where you can trust the universe or God or whatever you call it, and start to accept the outcome, you will become free. You will release all of that pressure. You will release those expectations. And starting to release a lot of that pain and hurt and trauma that I've had with my parents, it put me in that place to feel like I'm not grieving my childhood. I'm grieving the future I thought I could have had had they been what I felt like I needed, but they were exactly what I needed the whole time. Now it just didn't feel good and didn't feel comfortable and it always made me feel good about myself. But who they are, what they've been, what they've shown me, what they've taught me, has been exactly what I need. Mean. 
And again, it allows me to be objective to learn that all of us don't view, you know, perfect mommies and daddies or mommies and daddies that respect our feelings or make us feel confident and powerful. Some of us get other stuff and it's because that other stuff is supposed to forge us into paths that align us with who we're actually supposed to be. And, you know, for us, in order for us to get there, we have to experience a certain level of hunger that's damn near starvation. And, you know, it's just that passion that we need. We need a conviction. We need to care. And we can't care the way we need to care unless we've experienced a certain level of pain that makes us care enough about being of service. Amit Ray said, if you want to fly in the sky, you need to leave the earth. If you want to move forward, you need to let go of the past that dragged you down. So that means if you're living above your means, if you're living in a home that's bankrupting you, that has you miserable, if you're working at a job that has you miserable, that has nothing to do with what you want to do, if you're in a relationship that has you feeling bankrupt, that has you feeling miserable, you just don't know what to do, you don't know what to be, who to be, then it might be time to consider letting go. If you are involved with family members or relatives that are making you feel less than what you're worth, that don't bring forth the best in you, that don't make you feel valued and loved, you need to separate yourself. If it's even your children that's doing this to you, you need to separate yourself. You don't owe anyone anything. What you need to do is put yourself in a situation where you can be lean and you can let go of everything, all the baggage that controls the way you think, controls the way you move, and controls what you do. Remember, the only thing you really can control is how you respond. Steve Mirabolli said, letting go means to come to the realization that some people are a part of your history, but not a part of your destiny. When I look back on my life and I think about all the time that I spent hanging out with this person, that person, this cousin, that cousin, this friend, that friend, this relative, that sibling, whoever and whatever, and I look at my life now, and I don't even see these people. I really don't even know these people anymore. They don't know me anymore. It just makes me feel like if I would have knew life would have been this way, maybe I should have spent more time. Maybe we should have did more. But at the same time, it also shows you that you can go into different seasons. You can go, you can find yourself in no man's land, some place you've never been before that you're struggling to navigate or understand. But just because people have always been around, just because things have always felt familiar don't mean that they always will be. You know, like I lived in my home in my first apartment for almost six years and with a lot of the stress and turmoil that I was going through with holding on to that place, with paying the rent, losing this job, losing that job, getting laid off, getting, you know what I'm saying, just all the stress, that unemployment, just the back and forth between all of them. When I got to the end of the road 
and they were threatening to evict me. You know, I remember the day that it happened, I went through so many different options. You know, my partner and I rode around to different places. I tried to negotiate so many different ways to get caught up on things and just to work it out, you know, and it just got to a place where it started to feel heavy. Like it started to feel heavy for a moment and then I felt myself let it go. Something in, something in me just shifted and I let it go. And it was just like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of it. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. You know, like my partner went through a thing of, you know, just that, that trying to see it through and make sure we do everything we can, exhaust everything. And I was in a place of just trying to, you know, have time to be able to get my stuff and get out of there and whatnot before, you know, they came and, you know, bolted the, the door and all that other stuff. But something shifted with me and I realized this is God's will. This thing is supposed to happen. It's actually time for me to let it go. <laughs> I had a good time. I had so many good times. I had so many good memories. But sometimes in life, it's just time to go into a new chapter and just gotta let it go. Behind that, I still went through issues with, you know, jobs and work and working for other people. And then I went through this period, this long period for years of not working, not one call, me putting in tons of applications and not one call, just a complete shut off of the faucet. And it was one of the more miserable scariest times in my life because it made me feel insecure, it made me feel exposed, it made me feel vulnerable, it made me feel helpless, like I couldn't take care of myself, I couldn't buy a roll of tissue, I couldn't buy a goddamn, you know, a pack of sunflower seeds or whatever, or soap or anything to do for myself. And I had to put my life in the hands of someone else. I had to put everything that I needed in the care of someone else. And it just made me feel weak. It made me feel inadequate. It made me feel not good enough. I struggled, I cried. <laughs> I still think about it a little bit now. It's just like I went through so much, but I had to start another chapter with becoming who I am now. Because in going through those chapters of letting go and detaching from who I was, unplugging from who I was. I feel like I was going through real life, spiritual awakening of some sort or spiritual awakening. And I say this to say that you will come into many periods of your life where you will find yourself still holding on to things, still, you know, harping on things, still, hurt and disturbed by how much someone hurt you, how much they didn't appreciate you, how much they traumatized you, how much they caused you pain, how much they caused you misfortune. I know I've spent so many waking hours going through the same stories and just being desperate, feeling desperate for apologies. And, you know, I learned that in this life, you don't always get what you want. You don't always get what you expect. I also had to learn that those weren't relationships that I ruined or relationships that I messed up. So I don't have to be in a place of trying to fix them, not anymore. Because I spent so many years, I'll fix it. I'll try to make up for everybody and accommodate for everything. I don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. 
Whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that you're feeling stuck on, whatever it is you're struggling to move forward past, whatever it is you're struggling to let go, start to visualize yourself letting go. Start to visualize what your future will look like thereafter once you let it go. And, and you visualize it. And if you can't even visualize it, you struggle to visualize it. You know, make believe like you're telling a story and tell the story of what you want to happen and how you want to feel and who you want to be because this thing has come and left. Put yourself in a position of focusing on life after this thing is gone. I spent so many years hating my biological mom because... It's just, you know, something to me. I can step outside of being a kid to realize that she just didn't have it to take care of me. She didn't have it to be there. She didn't really have it to do much of anything but to give birth. And because she decided to give birth, I'm here today. So she's given me one of the best gifts that I can have in this life. And that's the only contribution of hers that I need to focus on. I don't need to hold her account for anything else, you know, because she either unwilling or she doesn't have it. So to torture myself, to ridicule myself, to feel like I'm unloving, to feel like I'm undeserving because of choices she's made, to carry the doubt, I mean, to carry the shame of being adopted because of choices she's made and because of who she is, is unfair to me and it's something that I don't have to do. You're dwelling in the space of doubt. You're dwelling in the space of shame. You're dwelling in the space of wondering how people see you if you lose this car, how people see you if you lose this woman, if you lose this marriage, if you lose this job. You're worried about how people will see you if you let go of that situation, if you just stop caring, if you just stop taking care of them, if you just remove yourself from that place. You're wondering how people see you. And I want to tell you this, it doesn't fucking matter. When you put yourself in a place where you can do what's best for you and understand and don't give a damn that people will be pissed off, that people will have opinions, that people will talk about you till the day you die, you will become more rooted in being your number one supporter, your cheerleader. You will champion yourself. Understand this, in life you are either ruminating or you are resolving. You are ruminating or you are resolving. Any situation that you have, whether it's about money, whether it's about people, whether it's about relationships, whatever, either you are ruminating or you are resolving. I mean, you are either stuck in the same spot, not doing anything, not moving, or you are going forward. Some, a lot of people out there delude themselves into feeling like they're going forward when they're still stuck and not moving. You need to figure out what side you belong to, but when you're able to get that weight off your wings and fly, get that weight off your wings and soar, then you can make more and more room. You can declutter and make more room for what God has for you, make more room for the beauty that truly awaits you if you're willing to be freed up. What's up, Moonbeams? Welcome to the air segment of this episode. In this segment, we simply challenge you to better 
to be more introspective and to take stock in what it is you're doing and not doing. We want you to improve your results and we want you to take another step forward towards becoming who you've always known yourself to be. So without further ado, let's jump right in. The first letter is E. Establish. Establish where your control points are. What are the things in your life? What are the things you cling to? What do you spend the most time worrying about? Stressing about, stressing and worrying about, holding on to, keeping up with. Those are the things you need to pay attention to because those are the things that will more than likely ensure your suffering. There are just so many times in life where we build our confidence, where we build our identity on the things that we have or build our identities on the things that we do. And when God comes in and decides it's time for a change, decides that you need something better or that you may need to go through some type of situation to make you stronger, tougher skin, to make you smarter, sharpen instincts, whatever, you know, we can be open to that or we can take twice as long to learn a lesson because we don't want to release what we currently have. We want to live in the past and think about all the things that it's given us or where we've come from and having it as opposed to focusing on the future and understanding that whatever's taking place is still aligning us with the outcome that we want. And it's still aligning us with what God wants for our lives. A lot of times it really takes just getting into a place of understanding that God knows what's best for me. And even if I don't fully understand right now, I'll trust. I'll take the bait and I will trust and I will push through. Sometimes it's so easy for us to use up and chew up so much energy trying to resist and persist and fight things when it's absolutely obvious that we are powerless in the situation. Identify the things that give you anxiety at the thought of losing them. Identify the things that make you stress and you spend a lot of time worrying about how you're going to keep them. Put yourself in a situation to, you know, expose yourself to other people in situations where people have lost everything and come out better and give yourself some new information, different things to learn. That's definitely what I had to do, but it starts with identifying what your control points are because those control points will also be the same thing that ensure you will suffer when it's time to grow, when it's time to shift, when it's time to learn. Moving on. The next letters are recognize. Recognize your fear. Recognize or let the fear remind you that you don't have any control and any semblance of control that you try to maintain in your life can only hurt you. Sometimes it's about being fluid and just going with the flow and just trusting. This type of trust takes experience. It really takes experience and thick and skin. And it takes you surviving some things to learn that when life continues to move or make changes or make sudden movements, you know, you will be okay. For the longest time, I had this big fear, the biggest fear of losing everything, losing my job and ending up being homeless in the whole shaman. It's just like my whole world was consumed in that. You know, I was living alone 
and paying my bills by myself for myself. And I was independent and everything. But I was going through a period in my life where God was shifting me from doing the work that I was doing to getting into more creative work, work that aligned with my path a lot more. Those things that I did before, it had an influence and it aligned with my path. But it was time to take a step further and a couple steps further, actually, for being honest. And it was very uncomfortable because I went through a period of losing jobs left and right. I must have got fired from about maybe six, seven jobs in about a year and a half. And that never, ever happened to me. I was the person that built my confidence and self-esteem on being able to hold on to jobs for years and be a great worker. But I felt like in those times, God was showing me that it's more to you than being an employee. What if you were a leader? Maybe it's time to get you started in growing as a leader in your leadership. And that thing looked a lot different than I thought it would look like. I thought maybe you'd give me a supervisor role. Maybe you allow me to become a manager. But it took me losing my home. It took me losing everything and starting over from scratch to, you know, just really burning down the house and learning that I'm a lot stronger than I realized. I'm a lot more resilient than I realized. And also it took me losing the home to get that fear out of my system, to realize it was something that I went through and that I recovered from. So it's, it, is, it isn't something I have to live in fear of anymore. I can move on, I can release that, I can let that go. Whatever's holding you back, whatever control you're trying to maintain, get into that, look into that, and write about it. What is it that you fear? What fears consume your life and consume a lot of your time? And start there. The next letter is A. Acknowledge that when it comes to your life and you processing and living and growing, you are either ruminating or you are resolving. Either you're being stuck on things or you're growing and moving forward. And that's it. So no matter, you know, with your trauma, with your childhood stuff, with the person that you know, you, the person that did this, did that, either you're still harping on it or you're moving forward. But you can't do both. You can try to deceive yourself, but you can't do both. For a long time as a kid, I struggled with self-esteem and just feeling like, I had people that didn't really care about me or that made me feel loved or, and things like that that made me feel so unlucky for a long time. But as an adult, I was very fortunate to realize a lot earlier than a lot of other people or children, adult children do. I realized that my parents are people, you know, and they were probably very imperfect, but they meant well and they did the best that they can do. But, you know, the bulk of what they contribute to my childhood or much early on is that my parents are people. And I in learning that they were people, that they were people before me and people during me and that were people after I grow up. So if I live in a place of harping on all the things that happened or the mistakes that they made, one, I won't be able to grow and move up, move on. I won't be able to make more room for what God has for me. And I will be able to see and embrace the beauty and the love and the grace of them choosing me when I was born, you know, to resonate in my heart. I would just focus on the bad. I would focus on the negative. And that 
fresh kind of life that I want to live. That way of thinking and feeling is unproductive for me. And the quickest way to move through life, to grow and to move on and to continue moving forward and progressing is to stay lean. Keep it simple, like Yana says, keep it simple. Whatever things you tell yourself about why things can work out or whatever, whatever like that, keep it simple and keep it productive. Keep it in line with how you need to feel and how you need to think to grow and move forward. So there you have it. Establish, recognize, and acknowledge. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a comment and or rating and let us know how the episode is going. It is much appreciated. In the next episode, we will talk about how habits impede progress so you don't want to miss that. I want to thank y'all again for supporting the medicine cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential. You are strong. You are enough. You are wise and you are tough. Have a great weekend. Be blessed and enjoy yourself. Peace.